It's Friday. You know what that means. Welcome one, welcome more, welcome all to a brand new edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. I'm your host, Teal Double D, and I'm glad that you could join us this week. Hope everybody is doing well, well as can be. And we've got an all-star size show for you this week. I'm excited about this one. We are not going to waste too much time here in the early goings because coming up on today's show, the starting five is assembled. We will all be here. That's right. Joining me on the show today will be Shintu, Marvin, Ricardo, and Terrence. All of us together in one spot for the first time since the Last Dance episode. And we will be fully discussing the NBA. That's right, the NBA had their uh, All-Star weekend this past weekend. Their their marquee moment, so to speak. Um, some, some give and take there on, on if it actually should have happened or not. There were some dissenters uh, who felt that maybe an All-Star game wasn't the best thing to be doing right now. Since we still are in the middle of this pandemic and... You know, only about uh, maybe eight to ten percent uh, of the country has has received their vaccine so far. Uh, there were some that were saying maybe the All Star Weekend shouldn't be a thing in the NBA, uh, but the NBA went ahead with it uh, down in Atlanta this past weekend. Uh, they turned it into a charitable event, um, and it was very limited number in attendance. Um, and, and, and they did their thing this past weekend. It was Team LeBron against Team Durant last Sunday. Uh, Team LeBron won 170 to 150. Team LeBron wound up winning all four quarters. Uh, Dame Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers hit a three for the win. Um, again, it was the the first team to uh, 170 or however I, I to be honest I don't can't even really figure out the math that the NBA is using anymore because they reset the quarters and everything else when it comes to the all-star game but anyway in order to get to the number that they had to get to which I'm assuming is 170 because that's what team LeBron wound up finally scoring uh, Dame Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers hits a three for the win uh, $300,000 goes to the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Fund so a, a great cause there um and that helps out the HBCUs uh, throughout the country. That was a that was the um, the thing that the NBA chose to honor uh, was the historically black colleges and universities. They, since the All Star Game was held in Atlanta, and there are so many in the surrounding area there, uh, they chose to go ahead and honor um, the HBCUs with this year's All Star Game and. Uh, LeBron's charity of choice was the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Fund. So $300,000 to the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Fund. Um, The Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP goes to Giannis of the Milwaukee Bucks. He scores 35 points in that game. We're going to talk about him a lot later and the Milwaukee Bucks as well when the fellas join me. And we're talking about contenders in the East. I am most certain... Uh, that the Bucks will come up and perhaps maybe they're stepped backwards in the East this year. But uh, Giannis has a has a huge All-Star game, 35 points, uh, and he brings home the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP. 
uh, some festivities that took place earlier in the evening on Sunday um, were the Skills Challenge, which was won by uh, DeMontis Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Steph Curry did his thing, as only Steph can do, man, and won the three-point championship earlier in the evening Sunday prior to the game. Then he went ahead and played in the All-Star game as well. But, uh, man... Steph Curry, he's just so much fun to watch shooting. It's, it's just such a pleasure and so much fun. I mean, when you ask me who are my favorite people to watch shoot the basketball, with, without question, man, it's it's Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Steph Curry. I could sit and watch those guys shoot the ball all day long. And with Steph, man, it's so effortless, and it just splashes the net. It's so pretty to watch. He's just so good at it. Um, so Steph Curry wins the three-point championship. I believe that's the second one in his career. Um, if I remember correctly, I think he's actually competed in seven three-point championship competitions, and this is the second one that he's won. Um, but Steph, Steph lit it up, put on a display, and uh, walked away with a three-point championship. Uh, Anthony Simmons of the Portland Trailblazers came away as a dunk champ, which took place at halftime. Again, normally, in a normal world, NBA would have All-Star Weekend. There would have been, you know, a, a, a rookie game on um, Friday night. The three-point challenge, the um, skills competition, the dunk contest all would have taken place on uh, NBA Saturday night, and then there would have been the All-Star game on Sunday. Clearly, that couldn't happen this year due to the pandemic, so the NBA just tried to give us their uh, best foot forward, so to speak, in the festivities, and uh, seemed to go off all right well i mean you know it it wasn't bad i'll be honest it was not bad having them on before um you know having the the skills competition and the three-point shootout before the game honestly didn't mind it didn't didn't mind it thought it went well um you know but again i'm sure the nba will want to go back to maximizing the weekend uh once things are normal again in the world but again like i said i don't want to spend a lot of time uh focusing and, and and talking about All-Star Weekend um, and, and the first half of the NBA season and the second half of the NBA season without getting the fellas in here. Uh, I need my starting five to do that. So let's go ahead. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we return on the other side of the break, as I said, my starting five will be here. It will be myself, Shintu, Marvin, Ricardo, and Terrence, and we are going to fully break down the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference, and what to look forward to in the second half of the NBA season. So don't go anywhere. Random thoughts and best regards. We'll be back in just a short, short. All right, well, at the top of the show, you heard me talk about the NBA All-Star Game this past weekend, and uh, couldn't do this show, couldn't talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend, and couldn't talk about the NBA in the second half of the season without my starting five. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, Shintu, Marvin, Ricardo, and Terrence. Gentlemen, glad to have you back. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good to be back. Thanks, Thanks for having us. It's been a minute since it's it's been since the last dance episode that we've all been back on. We've been on in in various different uh, uh, versions <laughs> and pairs with each other, but this is the first time we're all back on from the last dance episode, which was a, a wildly popular uh, episode. So uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm glad to have you guys back. How's everybody doing? Can't complain. Uh, yeah, can't complain. It's up for I got my wisdom teeth taken out. That was fun. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I hope they gave you did good you drugs, ever find man. did 
<laughs> did, yeah. you find, did you find T'Challa yet? I'm still looking for him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, good. I'm glad you were able to. I was a bit concerned when you said that earlier this week. I was like, wow, T's either going to be mumbling or just not on the show this weekend. But, you know, here you are. So I'm glad. Hey, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Marvin, buddy. Yeah. Earlier, uh, you you sent me well. You sent the group a, a great text. Um, so, I've, and and while we have while we have a, a doctor here with us, go ahead and, and pose the question that you asked earlier about barbers in the NBA. Yeah, let me, let me get the, the, the question. These these um, <laughs> barbers are killing the NBA. So I sent out. I sent everybody. I sent out. Yeah. Let me find it. Do barbers not know how to wear masks? Seems <laughs> as though every breakout of COVID in NBA involves a barber. <laughs> like, did they just show up in people's apartment, get the haircut, and just hang out? Like, you don't know what this dude's doing. That's they man. Of course, though. the latest, the latest being Joel Embiid uh, and and Ben Simmons missing the All Star game because they went for it's only fitting that they pay for Durant's team, who also was out because he went to a barber at the beginning of the year. <laughs> ben and Joel share the same barber. They don't even share the ball. I mean, that's what oh, I was like. Wow. I was like, they don't. I thought. <laughs> I honestly, I was like, wow, they actually get along enough to go to a barber like <laughs> together. <laughs> wow, I, I, I don't know what to say. It's just, just mask up, y'all. Just keep. <laughs> My barber, when I go Put see him, he wear, I mean, he has a mask on. We, we, we get the haircut. We in and out. There's no conversations. We can get my haircut, pay him, I leave. Fist bump, but we, I'm right. Out. You know. Oh man, I think I think uh, I think the NBA player is having the exact opposite scenario. I think <laughs> I think he's hanging out for a while. Uh, his barber's like, "We cool, right?" He's like, "Yeah, we cool." And the doctor mask. I'm safe. I'm safe. <laughs> It, it it has been it has been a rough go as many as many good things um, as they did last year in the bubble. Uh, it's been a been a bit of a wreck for them, uh, as the season has has pushed on this year. Um, you mentioned Durant. Uh, I've lost track of how many times that poor guy has had had to sit out because either if I were him, I just sit in my house and don't talk to anybody at this point. It seems like every other week he's out for contract chasing. Right. This dude is out there kicking it. <laughs> Living his best life. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the NBA and let's kind of set up what we've seen so far in the first half of the season and what we're going to be on to now in the second part of the season. Um, let's start out West. Let's go to Shintu first. Let's start out West. Uh, let's literally, we're going to go to Shintu, so we're going to start out West, but we're also <laughs> going to talk about, we're going to talk about the West. Um, at the top of the West, a bit of a surprise. You have, uh, I'll tell you the top four teams in the West right now. The Utah Jazz at 27 and 9, the Phoenix Suns at 24 and 11, the LA Lakers at 24 and 13, and the Los Angeles Clippers at 24 and 14. Let's go right for the top team. Shintu, what are your thoughts? Are the Jazz for real? So, you know, I have to say, there are a lot of teams every year who, uh, every year you have a surprise team of some sort. These guys are obviously not that terrible surprise in terms of like they're a good team. They have been a good team for the past few years. Um, but obviously, I don't think anyone thought that they would be leading the West and kind of uh, be a contender for the title this early on. I have two thoughts about this. 
I remember the Phoenix Suns teams for like 15, 20 years that would like score 55, 60 wins every year and then get knocked out of the second round every year. Uh, and then there are teams like the Detroit Pistons of I think 2009 or when they won the title against the Lakers, uh, which that was a team that seemed to be not have terrible like superstars or anyone amazingly great, but played well together and actually went was the real deal and went all the way. Uh, do I feel like the Jazz are real? I think they're real uh, because I think they play defense. Uh, I think they have like mm-hmm. a, a true center, like an old school center, like not a guy that pops out to the three point line, a guy who protects the paint. Uh, I think that that works well in the playoffs is when the game slows down and you know the team and you play seven games against each other. I feel like at some point there's no tricking anybody. And at some point you just have a center who blocks shots, who rebounds, you have players who make plays. So they're a team that looks like the the formula for a championship team. Do I think they're real this year? I don't think that they can win this year. I don't think they can win the whole thing. I think it takes a little while for you to learn how to win. And I think uh, they kind of didn't perform as well as they wanted to in the bubble. Uh, they might. I think they, mm-hmm. they learned a little bit and became cohesive and and are playing with some determination now. I think they'll they could make it to. At best, I think they can make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and then hopefully they can build on that over the next year or two. And and I think they can contend for a title, uh, if not next year, then definitely the year after. Uh, but this year, I think they're, they're contenders in the sense that they may even win the first seed, top seed in the West. Do I think in a seven-game series, they can take it from the Clips or the, or the Lakers? I don't think so. You mentioned, um, you know, we we see the two All Stars, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Um, I also think uh, Bogdanovich is huge for them. Um, I, I think when he's in there and he's hitting his shots, and and the offense just flows really well. I mean, listen, we saw what Mitchell did last year in the playoffs in that series against Denver. Um, he's capable of scoring and scoring a lot. I mean, he's capable of scoring scoring forty, fifty points a night now whether that's what's going to need to happen or not is another story because he did that last year and every you know he wound up losing to Denver because Jamal Murray was was score, you know scoring 50 points a night so on the other end they do have to get the defense going but I, I think you're right I think with Gobert and being able to slow it down they're gonna be in the mix I do liken them a lot to kind of how Denver was last year if you remember back to last season for a while Denver was the number one team in the west for for a bit um, and then everything kind of settles. Um, what about, and uh, I can open this up to, to everybody uh, if you want to comment on the Jazz as well, but um, what, are some, what are some thoughts on the, on the Phoenix Suns? Are they, are they for real? Are they, I mean, they, they make the trade for Chris Paul. We all saw what Paul did with the Thunder last year. And Booker is coming into his own. Um, and are the Suns? With Monty Williams as coach, are they for real? I mean, they've they've got DeAndre Ayton, Ayton. They've got uh, Jay Crowder. Can they can they hang in there? Uh, who's? Well, let me ask this. Um. Yeah. Well, let me just say, that. Are, are the Suns going to be able to to be a top five team? I don't think they stay at that two spot. Obviously, do you think they're going to be able to to stay a top five team in the West? Um, I say yeah, they can stay a top. It's, so the answer is twofold. They are for real a regular season team. They're going to win games in the regular season. Okay. But I like that answer. In the playoffs, can they turn it up in the playoffs? Playoffs bring us a different dynamic. Can they beat quality teams in a seven-game series? 
And since they're so young, the answer is no. I think I think they I think they can be a top four seed in the regular season, but once they get to the playoffs, I think they're I think they're a first round. I think they're a first round team that will get knocked out. Just because they're, they're they're youth, they haven't played any really big games and won any big games yet. Yeah, Marvin. Let me ask you this. Uh, I T. I'll get to you in a second. But let me just ask you this on the Utah front. Uh, you trust Quinn Snyder as a head coach? You know coach? what? Quinn Snyder's changed a lot from his Missouri days. He was always a decent coach. He recruited well in Missouri. He just, you know, he was young. He was a young coach, first big job. I think he's doing a hell of a job in Utah. I like what he's doing in Utah. Those guys play together. They have a great system. Right. I think that Utah's biggest problem is going to be Go Gobert is a regular center, but when he his two matchups he didn't, do not want to see is Denver and the Lakers because AD and the Joker pulls them from the basket. So his defense is negated yeah. when against those two teams. Now, the Clippers can play small, but he'll kill them inside. But I think he does not want to play Denver or, or the Lakers. Hopefully, they want to knock each other out first. <laughs> Terrence, go ahead. you want to jump in? Oh, I was just saying, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think they, are, they will be a top five uh, seed, but uh, like Marvin said, no experience. And then, I mean, I feel like they're missing a piece. I mean, they'll get into the playoffs, but uh, to get them over the hump, like second round or semifinals, like it feels like they're just missing something. But at least the organization is trying, you know, they recognize Booker needs help, so they've, you know, built some pieces around them. So, um, the, uh, uh, Depending on, eh, I won't even say depending on the matchup. I still think they'll be a first round out, but they'll definitely be uh, contenders for some years. Rick, any thoughts on the West? Uh, unfortunately for the Jazz and the Suns, the West is fully loaded with confident teams. I mean, imagine having to either play the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Nuggets, even the Mavericks, or a hot Warriors team if they get in at the eight mm-hmm. spot, like. I don't think you want to play any of those teams because they all have players that can change a seven-game series, right? So it's a difficult run for a young team like the Suns and a Jazz team that is, you know, probably one-star dependent, uh, Gobert defensively more than offensively. Um, I'll tell you, I love that that the Jazz have – Azabuke there, so I, I think that was a great pickup for them. Um, so hopefully he does well there. Um, and we'll talk about some draft picks in a minute with T. But um, we've we've talked uh, we've talked previously in the kind of the first half of the season, and I know a lot of us. Whenever I brought up, I, I know there was a few episodes where I brought up the West, and uh, we all said the Lakers. Uh, do we all still kind of hold or toe that line that the Lakers are the best team in the West? I mean, I personally think that. To me, they are a better team this year with with Schroeder and Gasol than the championship team. We'll know in three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) If AD comes back healthy in three weeks, the Lakers are tough. He doesn't come back. The Lakers aren't winning anything. (laughs) Just that simple. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. That that is you are you are one hundred percent accurate with that statement. They need AD most most certainly. Um, any thoughts on the Clippers? Clippers still baffle me. Any thoughts on the Clippers? <laughs> I don't know what to make of the Clippers either. I watch them, and sometimes they look great. You know, the Clippers will be up 20 points, and you're like, man, the Clippers are really good. Then you turn the channel and turn back, and it's a dog fight. <laughs> it's like, what in the hell happened in the last five minutes of yeah. the game? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know about the Clippers. I, 
I don't understand their spacing. I mean, Kawhi is Kawhi, and Kawhi can be great when he wants to be great. But I just, I, it's just such an odd. I don't know. There's such a one player. Everybody, everybody knows uh, a player. Knows? Everybody yeah. looking at his PG. I mean, what is he doing? Like, that's that's he's the issue. I mean, if he, I don't know. He just, plus he's not the same player he was at the Pacers. He seemed like he just like yeah. to check now. And PG is. I feel like PG is a true example of a of a star who's on his way to superstardom and realizes that you got to make like really clutch shots and come up big and big games at the end to be a superstar. And I think PG's like I know he's talked about playoff Paul and all this stuff, but <laughs> I mean, there it is. So I'm I mean, glad he's laughing because yeah, you know it's it's, it's, it's kind of evident at this point that PG needs to prove that he is a superstar because when he's when you're right next to Kawhi I think you can tell the difference Kawhi brings it every night Kawhi is consistent um I think PG is just not consistent I don't know what's I don't know if it's injuries I know he went through depression during the bubble and I don't know if it's like mental health stuff I don't want to I don't want to knock the guy for what he's going through but I think it. I think in the yeah, end, I don't want to laugh. I people just remember, you know, like people remember what you do in clutch moments, and so we value all those players who've come up huge in clutch moments, and they're, you know, are are, are in history. Uh, I think PG is one of those guys who thought while he was with the Pacers that kind of people anointed him a superstar of some sort at some point. Um, but yeah, you you gotta you gotta be able to be the guy, and he's not even the guy on his team. Uh, but even as the second fiddle on his team, mm-hmm. when he needs to hold it together, when Kawhi is not there, it just doesn't seem like they can lean on him the way he can lean on Kawhi. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, kudos to Rick. He made it through that whole entire thing without yelling. You mean playoff team? Uh, so, yeah. So, kudos, kudos to you. So, unfortunately, apart from the Clippers, because even though you didn't say the Clippers, it, I heard it in my head. They, 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 everything is, is contingent on the playoffs. The regular season does not matter. It's what they do in the playoffs. And you know what's amazing? The Clippers roster, you, when you just look at it, it's like a 2K roster. Like, like, Terrence and I would build. You'd be like, wow, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams, Marcus Morris, the senior, Patrick Beverly, Serge Ibaka. You'd be like, oh my God, I can't lose. How am I going to lose? I'm like eight deep. And then you lose. And then you lose. And you lose. So, I mean, I, I brought this up uh, the other day with a friend of mine. I, I mean, if, if they lose, you have to. I mean, if they lose this season, you have to blow it up, right? I mean, like, uh, uh, do you keep going with this? I mean, you if, stick with Kawhi. Uh, I, I just don't think yes. you, you roll with yes, Kawhi yes, all the yes, way. Yes, you put the pieces yeah, Kawhi, around him. Yes. He's proven. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure you mm-hmm. question Paul George. I think you question, like, all the other guys and how they fit around Kawhi. Uh, you got to find people who fit well with Kawhi, bring out the best in him. And, and put him in a spot where he can take that last shot or or make that winning play. But he needs people who work well with him. Uh, I don't know. And he doesn't, he's mm-hmm. not the kind of guy that needs the ball in his hands all the time. He mm-hmm. plays well off the ball. Uh, so it's not like he, he can't have people around him who dominate the ball. It's just that they need to fit in well and they need to find him in positions that like make him really who he is. It's just difficult. I feel like you don't, uh, they haven't found a way to use Kawhi efficiently. And then I think when Kawhi is out, they put a lot of pressure on these other guys and they don't have scoring. They just don't have like the kind of scoring you need in yeah. today's NBA. You need to be able to 
You need to imagine yourself scoring 125 points to win tonight, every single night. Like you need, whether you, whether you need those 125 points or not, you better be able to think <laughs> yeah. to yourself, I gotta get those tonight. And I just don't think they have those amongst the players. <laughs> just ask <laughs> Dallas. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's transition a little bit uh, and, and let's talk about um, some rookies. We're talking about the West. Um, there's two teams in the West that had the one and two pick, uh, the Timberwolves and the Warriors, and then of course the Hornets with the number three pick. But uh, let's throw it over to Terrence. I, I want to say Marvin did make me chuckle as he's always good for a laugh when uh, we were talking about talking points, and and uh, Terrence said he was going to talk about the rookies. Marvin said, "Are there any good ones?" Right. <laughs> um, but um, let's go ahead, T, and uh, talk about the rookie class so far. I know you kind of wanted to focus on those top three. Uh, I'll let you kind of roll out who they are for those who don't know. But uh, talk to us about the rookies. Okay. Yeah. Well, first off, let me just say that I am embarrassed because when that draft happened, I was like, I only know three guys out of this entire draft, <laughs> maybe four. And I used to pride myself on, you know, knowing who's coming out, going where, especially uh, Kansas players. But um, so far, it's, it's just been the top, like top three: Anthony Edwards uh, for the Timberwolves, Wiseman for the Warriors. Of course, he's coming off a. Uh, uh, injury, so he was down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then of course, uh, uh, Lavar would be pleased with this rookie of the year, uh, Lamelo Ball. Uh, I would say he's an exciting player. I would almost equate his game to uh, Jason Williams, aka White Chocolate, because he brings <laughs> he brings that excitement night in and night out. Uh, mm-hmm. Edwards is decent, just inconsistent, but I mean, I guess you're gonna get that from rookies. But he did have that monster jam uh, baseline on, uh, I think it was Toronto. <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, outside of those three, I mean, maybe Halliburton from the Kings was having a steady season. I was really hoping that Obi Toppin for the Knicks would kind of come around. But, of course, you know, everybody's just being rookies in their rookie He's a Nick. That's hey. right. He's a Nick. Hey. Hey, Nick. And, oh. and listen. Hey, Bo, hold on. We're going to talk about we're gonna talk about the East in a little bit. And this blows my mind. The Knicks are sitting at like number five right yes. now in the East. But but I, I don't want to deter. But yeah, Obi Toppin to the Knicks. Yeah, and they, uh, they have another guy there uh, who's uh, starting to come along too. But uh, like I said, outside of those top three, I fully expect uh, Lamelo to be Rookie of the Year just because he brings that excitement. So let me let me throw at you uh in 36 games uh, edwards is averaging 14.9 points uh in 26 games you mentioned the weissman injury in 26 games uh, he's averaging 11.8 and ball in 35 games 15.8 uh ball has done a great job uh, like you said with uh, i like to call it rhythm and flow uh, he does a great job moving the ball um and he's so much bigger than i thought he was honestly i guess i just got so stuck in like his brother size i didn't equate him to be the physical size that he is um he just moves the ball really well um i'm, I'm curious to see you know weissman has been interesting to me because right we didn't see a lot of him at memphis right. we knew he was great but because of everything that went on we didn't see a lot and from the small sampling that we've had so far I mean, granted, what better fortune could you have than to fall to the Golden State Warriors? But you know, you're you're there. You're with the Warriors. Um, I think I think it's only going to get better for him. And I think over the long haul, he will be the standout because again, that's going to be a good team, and he's going to help bring defense to that team as well. So it's a little more. You know, we'll see what happens in the future with Ubre. But now with with Ubre and Green there and Weissman, 
Uh, there's a little bit more of a defensive presence on the Warriors. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm curious to see where the rest of the season goes for Weissman. I hope he gets healthy. Um, let me open it up. What, what do you guys think about the rookies so far? What have anything surprised you? Anything disappoint you? Uh, again, it's been an odd class, um, you know, but, but what do you guys think uh, so far in. this year? I feel like uh, this, my bigger question is, uh, does this negate Michael Jordan of Kwame Brown? Oh, Michael's never been able to really. I mean, no, he hasn't. He hasn't, and it's a good thing that he had to pick at number three because he probably (laughs) screwed it up at number one somehow. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think I think he did. I think Um, I think Mello of the Ball Brothers. I think he's the one who actually loves basketball. I think he actually wants to be a basketball player. I think Lonzo is a good basketball player, but I don't think basketball is his first love. Whereas Lamelo, I think this is his first love. He wants to be great. He he's competitive. He won't, you know. He he just looks at basketball differently. I think Lonzo, like I said, he's a good player. He just he. I think he'd rather do music and just be a regular person than he just so happened to be a six seven guy and his pops push basketball on him. But I think he has other loves out there. So Lamelo, I think he's going to be great because he wants to be great. And I think Wiseman's going to be great because he's going to be surrounded by great talent and he fits what they need. He's a big man, can shoot the three. He can pick and pop. He can, like I said, defend, catch lobs. Um, Edwards, this is my problem with, with new basketball. So we got all these shooters in basketball today. Everything's about shooting threes. I don't understand how you can be a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guard and you can't shoot consistently. This is what basketball is now. He's 19. He's 19 a, years old. I mean, it's he was a valid like point. All they know is three-point shooting now. So I don't understand how he can, how he he's like folks. How can you be a a two guard in today's basketball? And you cannot consistently hit a jump shot. I I, I don't get that. that that's the, that's what frustrates me about American guards today. Is a lot of us, a lot of guards cannot shoot. They're athletic, but they cannot shoot. Our bigs shoot better than our guards. That's just weird. It's crazy. I, I definitely agree. It's it's interesting. Like I said, it's it it was an odd class this year, and you know, again, too, a lot of them sore subject. Uh, a lot of them didn't, you know, have a tournament last year, and uh, oh yeah, forgot about here, that. here we are. Um, yeah. They're in their rookies. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So I really didn't want. I really didn't want to bring it up. Uh, still a very sore subject. Um, but um, you know, a lot of them are are in their rookie year, and um, again, like I said, I, I you know, ball. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting too, you know. If his dad stays out of the way, that's I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, for Lonzo, that was so much of an issue for him. Uh, his dad was just in the way, uh, and again, Wiseman, I think just right time, right place. I mean, you know, if 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 the Warriors are ever at number two, <laughs> it's not going to be because they had a bad season. It was because they had you know a, a litany of injuries last year. Um, so he's just a, a good spot for him. Um, speaking okay. of balls. Um, I know that sounds terrible, um, but <laughs> the, the family, not you know. The, um, but does uh, does Lonzo get traded? And and is New Orleans New Orleans odd, right? Did anybody else expect no. New Orleans to be better this year? No, nah. they are who they are. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> but, but with Van Gundy coming in and just with so much talent, young, I mean, I, I granted, mean, I you know, um, yeah, you're young, and I'm, I'm not a big. Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm not a big Brandon Ingram fan, so 
I, 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 don't, I don't got nothing against. I don't know. I just don't like them. I'm glad they stopped. I'm, and I hope it doesn't come up again. But I'm glad. I know for a while they talked about Lonzo possibly going to Golden State, and I didn't like that trade. So I'm I'm kind of glad that that fell you know by the wayside. But I just I know his name has come up yeah, a lot I'll recently. Add, add, I, again, I think Marvin made a great point, man. I I didn't notice that, but you know when you see Lamelo, it's very easy to see that Lonzo doesn't enjoy the game. Uh, once you see Lamelo, mm-hmm. you see like Lonzo feels the pressure and the heaviness of all that he was supposed to be when he came out of UCLA and his dad hyping him up. I can't imagine that that was a good scenario for him his, his first year where, you know, the Lakers are hyping him up, that that press conference where Magic Johnson is looking at him and like, you know, kind of saying, yeah, you're going to carry the 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 throne now and you're going to be, you know, the next Magic. And it's like, I think he just seems like he's a guy who... Uh, who, who seems like the weight of all of it is a little too much for him. And LaMelo seems to kind of like the kind of guy who's like, oh, bring it on, relish. He relishes all the all the, all the the pressure of all that. So uh, I think I find that to be a, a great point. I think LaMelo is going to be a better player overall uh, because of that. I mean, he, like LaMelo interview one time, they was like, they was comparing him like, hey, you did this and that. You know, who, 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 who do you pack your game after? He was like, nobody. I play like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the best me. Like and that's well, that's gotta have that type of confidence. You know, that's that's a superstar. That's a superstar. You know, you're talking to somebody. You're 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 going to be you, and he's not scared to be himself and play his game. And that's why if he continues to have the attitude and and continue to progress, he he can be a he can be a top player. You know what's interesting? I I think you guys are right on target on it because if you watch a lot of the documentaries of the guys we admire growing up, they always tell stories about their older brother had to do things or sacrifice a little bit different and paved the way for them to be successful. Like I think of like Shannon Sharp or even Michael Jordan talking about his older brother in Last Dance or, you know, you think about some of the stars and they always say like this old or, or Reggie Miller or, you know, talking about Sharp, right? Like you, you just talk about siblings and how siblings have to, in, in a role in a family, take on some kind of burden that helps that younger middle brother be just better at the sport that they're trying to play so it, it you know i think right. it's interesting like, good for Lamelo, man i mean can you imagine having the older ball as your dad that's not a good it's like free britney spears would be yeah. <laughs> free Lamello, you know? by the way that was a great documentary too if anybody's watched the, the britney thing man that was great too I didn't know they had one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to. Yeah. I'll have to I'm watch it. Yeah, I'm surprised Ty didn't watch it. Ty, you know, that's a that's a different story. But you know, Ty was a pretty. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. Wait, there's a story about Ty and Brittany. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel we've had enough stories about me for a while. So Ty in the Hulu documentary. The guy on the mat and saying, "Don't disrespect." Is that how it ended? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I just, I just oh, okay, let yeah, him know that I had a first name. That's all. Uh, um, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> let's go. Let's go ahead. As everybody ponders the the Britney Spears story, um, let's go ahead. Let's take a quick break, and then coming up out of the break, um, 
we're gonna have some fun because I'm sure it's gonna get lively. Because uh, we're gonna talk about the East, oh. and we've got Ricardo and we've got Marvin on this call, uh, and of course, the Brooklyn Nets are gonna come up. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come up out of the break, we will start talking about the Eastern Conference in the NBA. Today's random thought: Life has to be lived within the time nature allows it, and that's today's random thought. All right, welcome back into Random Thoughts and Best Regards, and we will now continue with our uh, NBA talk, so please welcome back to the show, Shintu, Marvin, Ricardo, and Terrence. Gentlemen, welcome back, and are you ready to talk about the Eastern Conference? Of course. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, so so I'm gonna open this one up, uh, kind kind of in in tandem because Marvin and Rick kind of wanted to talk about the same thing. So I, I think this is this is gonna be fun here, um, and then we'll open it up to everybody uh, for a group discussion. But first, let me set the table in the fact, just much like I did for the West, uh, in the East, the top teams currently right now are the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics. That's four hovering outside right now, which is crazy to me. At number five is the New York Knicks. So right now, if the playoffs started today, the Knicks and the Celtics will be playing each other in the first round. Uh, kind of crazy. But um, let's let's cut right to. We can talk about the rest of the East, but let's we we all know what we we are here to talk about. Um, so so let's ask this. These are some of the things you guys wanted to talk about. Um, who in the East will challenge the Nets? Because we all pretty much assume it's the Nets, especially once this um, uh, Blake Griffin deal goes through. Uh, they're going to get another Wait, weapon there. For um, for the people who in the East? Wait, whoa. 45, man. 45 minutes ago, my topic, my, everything changed on my, on my list now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but but who will challenge uh, who will challenge the Nets in the East if anybody um, and is it only really the Sixers or the Bucks who are a threat or are they even a real threat um, let, let me open it up um, Marvin let's let's go ahead let's go ahead and, and, and give Rick his, his moment here let's let's let him take the floor first and uh, speak on his Brooklyn Nets uh, might I add though his Brooklyn yeah. Nets led by Kevin Durant I will defer. I will open on the Sixers. How about that? How about that? Let me do that. All right. Okay. So Sixers are very interesting. I had to do some studying because I I wasn't really up on their stats. So fourth best defensive team in the East. They allow 111 points. That's behind the Knicks. The Heat and the Celtics. Knicks are the best defensive team in the East. That's crazy to me. Right? Fifth Mm -hmm. best. Well, Thibodeau, I mean, that, right, like him or not, that's always that is Thibodeau that is very trademark. That's a uh, fifth best offensive team in the East. They score 114.7 points per night. Way behind the Nets, the Bucks, the Bulls, the Wizards. Um, what I think is interesting is the Sixers have that multi-head front office. So Daryl Morey, forefather of you know mm-hmm. basketball analytics, uh, led the Rockets, uh, tweeted himself out of the job, you know, talking about Hong Kong, right? <laughs> um, but I think most people remember him basketball-wise for putting together T-Mac, Yao Ming together. He put together the Harden trade, brought him mm-hmm. over from the Thunder when the Thunder were cheap and then wanted to give Harden a big extension. Um, then he surrounded Harden with a bunch of winners. Dwight Howard, Chris Paul aging, 
Which is why, which is why he gets to go in front of Carmelo Anthony oh. in the sentence, Mark. <laughs> but they did try to add point guards like Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. They added Dwight Howard way before he got the wing ring at Lakers. They even brought in a dragged in an aging Carmelo Anthony at some point. Um, and then, so what's really interesting is um, Elton Brand is the GM. Um, he gave out some big contracts, took some flyers on Al Harford. Uh, Jimmy Butler brought in Jimmy Butler off a trade, but he's kind of redeemed, redeemed himself this season. And I, yes, huge Tobias to Harris contract, and then though. probably better person than coach Doc Rivers, who led the Celtics to championship with the original mm-hmm. Big Three. He stabilized the franchise in with the Clippers when he only took his title literally, not figuratively, right? Like, he started really owned the people, <laughs> yeah. um, really distressing. But Doc was a, a giant in those days. Um, and then the former Jayhawk, Joel Embiid, has been playing at MVP level. I mean, he's averaging 30 and 11 every night. He's shooting Marvin 41% from three. The big man is stepping out to the line and draining them night in and night out. Um, great shooters around him. Seth Curry shooting 44%. Tobias Harris shooting 40 Danny Green still dragging his whole body around, shooting 37 um, but the problem there is Ben Simmons, right? Like, let's not duck it. Ben is averaging 16 yeah. points a game. He takes less threes than Dwight Howard per game. But that's okay. Okay. He only gets to the foul line. This guy's 6'9, 6'10, ball handler, 5.4 times per game. You're, and B's getting to the line 11.6 times per game in the same minutes. Like, that's the difference here, right? So either Ben Simmons becomes somebody totally different and drive the Sixers deep into the playoffs into the finals, or they go home again. Like, that is what mm-hmm. I think of the Sixers. So. I, I think obviously, clearly, this is a different Joel Embiid that, I mean, we've we've all, listen, there are probably three people on this call who knew better than anybody else. This kid's been living on potential for years now. We all knew it was there. We never saw a huge part of the frustration for three of us, but he's he's now he is playing at an mvp level i mean i, I he's is he isn't he like he's pretty high in scoring yeah, this year too isn't he like second or third and i mean beal is number one but Embiid is i mean he's having an mvp season the difference is we're still you're still not getting at anything out of simmons um rivers comes in obviously we we all know his resume and i do think I do think they've made some subtle roster changes, and I do think Doc is getting the most out of that roster, and I always think Doc is good at that. But then it becomes to the same question as like we saw with the Clippers. You know, you can get a lot out of your roster, but at the end of the day, if you're not winning a championship, what does it all mean? Um, I, I think, me personally, and I'll open it up to everybody else, I think the Sixers pose more of a threat than the Bucks. But again... I, I mean, there's just so many things, and I'm, I know we're going to get into it. There's just so many things that come uh, with the Nets. Um, Marvin, go ahead and uh, so, weigh in on this. I think the challenge the Nets. So before I say this, I was my take was before 45 minutes ago when I guess it decided that Blake Griffin is going to the Nets. <laughs> so now that he's going to the Nets, it's kind of going to change my mm-hmm. team that I think can challenge him. 
My first team I was gonna say that could challenge them is the Celtics. I still think I for some reason still like the Celtics. I think the Celtics are the only one or two teams in the East that can run with the Nets because they have two small fours that can score, they can defend. They also have Kimball Walker who can who as healthy can score and defend. I was going to say to the, to that caveat, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but the Celtics have not been healthy this year yet. So you can't, you know, you look at them yep. sitting at four. They can be a lot better if they're healthy. And so the Bucks, I don't think, think the Bucks can because I, so I went back two years ago and looked at the the stats for for Philly when they lost to uh, Boston. The one player that never shows up in a big game is Middleton. Middleton for two straight games had six points and ten mm-hmm. points, and he's our second best player. He needs to. He needs to come and score 20 points a game, 20 plus points a game to help Giannis out. He doesn't do it in a big game, so the Bucks are out. And my sleeper team, and Rick already talked about Philly. Philly, I think they're they're a good team, but my sleeper team is Miami. I think if, if Miami is is healthy, they are surrounded with shooters. They can they can they can play with the they can play with the Nets. They can shoot with them. They can they can they can defend. They can shoot with oh, them. Yeah. Do you think they can well, run? Well, they, they, it's gonna be a different type of run. I mean. My- uh, they can't just go out there and just run. I mean, you got Durant and I mean, and Kyrie Irving and, and Harden. You're just not going to just yeah. run with the Nets. Uh-huh. But if you slow the Nets down a little bit and make the Nets play half court defense, the Miami the, the, he can get shots off, and they got they got they got knockdown shooters, and they got they, you know they got Butler who's a who's a savvy vet. He can frustrate Durant, but you know Durant. I mean, he's he's the only player that he doesn't need to uh, post up to score. He scores whenever he wants to. You know, in the old past, in the past, you always say you need a big guy and get an easy bucket. Durant's a guy and get an easy bucket. He, if you need a, a three, he can hit a three. If you need a two, he'll get a two. So that's always going to be a caveat we playing against the Nets. Is mm-hmm. if it's fourth quarter, thirty seconds ago, you're up by one. Durant's going to hit a shot. Just that simple. But I think the the, the Heat can challenge them. I can go ahead. Two turns. Um, you want to weigh on us? I feel like even in today's soft NBA, I feel like the champion is usually tougher than 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 the other teams. They just have a little more of defensive toughness and mental toughness. And that's why I just uh unless Joel Embiid turns into Akeem Olajuwon, it's going to be tough for the for for the uh Sixers to really be contenders in that in that East because even with their record, even being at the top, I just think when you look at it at the end, you're like Unless he's Akeem Olajuwon, who's taking those shots at the end? Who's just Tobias Harris taking mm-hmm. the final shot? Is he, is he isolating at the end? You know, <laughs> is Ben Simmons isolating at the end of the? Game? That's a great point. Yeah, good... offense, can he pull back and hit a three? Like who's 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 putting pressure uh, on the other team and getting that bucket that you need when you need it most to just mm-hmm. you know put a dagger in someone's back? And like I say, I think Joel Embiid's probably. You know, could be an MVP this year, but he's got to turn into Akeem. That's the only way. That Akeem mm-hmm. of '94 and '95, uh, that was a similar team. If Joel Embiid becomes uh, Akeem, that this team looks very much like that team fr- from Houston from 25, 25 years ago, where you had mm-hmm. a lot of role players and Penny Smith and Mario Ellie and uh, Vernon Maxwell and all these other guys, but. But you know, but you had Akeem. Akeem was the guy. You went to him in the end, and he took that pressure and he went with it. Can Joel do that? Does he want to do that? Is he is he ready to 
to step up and be that guy, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. That remains to be seen. And I, I think even even if he is that guy, he's a little further away. It's, he's a little younger for that. I think Akeem was in the prime of his game at that time, and he could take that pressure and really run with it. He felt like he could, mm-hmm. he could carry a city and, and a team in that way. I don't know if Embiid can get there, but I don't know if it's this year. Yeah, yeah, Embiid. I think Embiid. I had a. I wrote this down. He needs to play even bigger than in the, in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. Like he needs to really punish, especially smaller teams. Mm-hmm. Punish those guys for being for playing small. If the the Nets pre Griffin, if the Nets if the Nets went small, he needs yeah, to punish that, them. That's, that's Jordan, he also, with DeAndre Jordan, he would have to take DeAndre mm-hmm. Jordan out a little bit, get him away from the basket at times. Post up at times, you know, give him, you know, give him different looks. But with Blake Griffin, it kind of changes the, that dynamic because Griffin can, you know, go outside and hit shots, and he can rebound like Jordan. You know, it's just a different dynamic now with with Griffin on the team. Yeah, I think the Gentu, you nailed it. Yeah. A great analogy. The problem is Ben Simmons is Ot- Otis Thorpe. The problem here. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they need they need right. Yeah. Like you would be a, a ten and ten guy uh, rebounding twenty years ago. Like okay, great, but now he's our point guard. Yeah, Ben Simmons needs to God. play. He needs to get to the basket more and get fouled. If he yeah. puts pressure on the defense to foul him, then he's worth his keep, right? He's worth his, his salt. But if he's just just Laboring on offense, just laboring around. He's, he's kind of a liability. It's five on four on when, when they're on offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's oh good. Okay, oh good team. I was saying okay. uh, the only team I've seen challenge team I've seen challenging the Nets are is Philly uh, with Boston. I don't know if the message has gotten stale, but I feel like they may. May or may not miss their window, um, and then I think sometimes Tatum has that Kobe mentality when he doesn't need to have it with some of the the fade of the fallaway jumpers. Um, but if I was in B, like Marvin said, uh, playing bigger in the postseason, I would uh, go back and watch that series against Toronto. That's he should just lock us up in a room and just watch that series that they had against Toronto on that heartbreak and just use that to fuel his fire through the uh, playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely playing, you know, he's definitely playing well. Um, you know, he just has to stop going for haircuts with Ben Simmons. Um, but, you know, he, he's playing well. He's playing at an NBA uh, MVP caliber level. I just, there's just so much when it comes to the Nets. And, it, I mean, look at everything that Harden is doing. I mean, coming in, deferring, taking over at point guard. Um, you know, everything they do just seems to work right now. I mean, right? I mean, we'd all, well, not Ricardo. But most, of us, most of us would sit here a couple of weeks ago and be like, all right, yep, they're going to run hard at that point guard. Um, you know, and we'd all chuckle and laugh and say, all right. And, you know, Kyrie, when he's not at a party or flat oh, earth in it, is going to play off guard or two guard. And, um, you know, maybe he'll miss a couple games because lord knows why um he just doesn't feel like playing or whatever um you know but then they just keep adding i mean they they had they had deandre jordan there already which you know um kind of harkens back to the granted 
they're a little bit older now, but kind of harkens back to the Lob City days. And now they add Griffin, which again harkens back to the Lob City days. Uh, it, it's just everything's working for them. Steve Nash, first year as coach. I still think the key hire there was Dan Tony. Um, uh, they're they're just a. I mean, let's. I mean, they are a juggernaut. We all know that. Um, I think the disappointing for me team, and you know, we we've we talked about the Bucks, but um, I mean, talk about just thinking that you were the heir apparent in the East, right? Like a, a year or two ago, you the Bucks thought at least that they were the heir apparent, and then Giannis goes and signs that extension. Um, I can't. I mean, maybe he's happy now. He's getting paid. He doesn't care. But I feel like they've taken. Uh, a few steps yeah, backwards, most definitely. On the Bucks, if you think yeah. about, like T just said, missing that window, you alluded to it, Todd. I mean, they're in trouble, mm-hmm. and and here's why, right? Like, yeah. you got Coach yeah. Bud, who's done this before. He took the Hawks and gave you a 60 win team. That Hawks team was good, but it was never championship finals good, right? So, so they have the a, a really good yeah. coach, but not a great coach. Do you know who the GM is in, in Milwaukee? Probably not, right? Like, he's not a big-time name like Sean Marks or mm-hmm. Daryl Morey or Elton Brand. Giannis, like you said, signed. He signed a big extension. He's dominated every night. The, I mean, the man's leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists every single night, right? He's super loyal. But he his career is going to mirror a guy that I killed for four years, KD, right? Like, he's going he's gonna to get tired of struggling against superstar stack teams. <laughs> He's going to want to go from a small town franchise to maybe suiting up with Clay and Steph, right? That's been a rumor before he signed his deal. Um, mm-hmm. Nick, the Knicks would take him in a heartbeat, right? So Chris Middleton is the worst Robin in the league, mm-hmm. Marvin Alouche. The worst. He is. <laughs> He's the guy that like, can't find a uniform, Robin. I mean, hey, Rick, what, what do you think it is? What if the Bucks, <laughs> a package deal, Middleton and some other picks and stuff like that, to the Wizards for Bradley Bill? Get, try I, to get Bill in awesome. Milwaukee. It'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be an awesome deal. Brad, Bradley Beal with Giannis. So awesome. that'd be awesome. I'm yeah, glad so you went Middleton, there, he's, ahead, look, he's, he's averaging like 20 points a night right now. He get, he doesn't get to the free throw line. He gets there like 3.6 times a night. He's wow. a great three point shooter, but he only shoots five times a night. Like, you can't, that can't be your best, second best player. The Bucks have built a team around Giannis, right? Like they've they've got, I think they got eight players averaging, you know, over three three pointers a night. But that includes like Brooke Lopez, yeah. you know what I mean? And so the the offense is designed for Giannis to run the floor, mm-hmm. go down the middle, play big, right? Play really big. But he's also he gets the line ten times a night. He's shooting sixty six percent from the line. Like they have a real analytic problem. In this new age of basketball, yeah, that's that's what's wrong. Yeah, two years ago, they had Miritich, uh, Miritich, whatever his name was, a six ten guy who can yeah. spread the floor into three. They never replaced a guy like that. They never replaced mm-hmm. him with somebody who can come in and just get you buckets. You know, somebody who can take the pressure off of Giannis a little bit and spread the floor so he can do his driving. They don't really have an identity at all. I don't, I don't really don't know what they're. They play hard, you know, that, that helps them, but that's a regular season thing. Playing hard don't help you to play. I also, but, of course, I'll also add that, like, of course they're replacing. They gave me Dimitri, though. Giannis, Giannis, if you're if you're trying to be, you know, multiple time champion and already multiple time MVP, and you re-sign with the Bucks, uh, I would hope that the team around uh, the the GM and everyone around him understand that, like, he doesn't know how to win yet. He doesn't know how to win a championship mm-hmm. yet. 
put people around him that have won championships, yeah. man. Like, who are these guys? Who are these guys? The Bucks. Like, is there anyone there that can that's in that room that can go? Listen, I've done this. I've been around guys who've done this. Do you guys know what it takes? And someone who, like, mm-hmm. I feel like every team, even I remember when when the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron, like, signed like Kendrick Perkins to sit on the bench, you know, mm-hmm. just to sit there. And you're like, yeah, man, get get a guy like that, get <laughs> right. whatever you need, but get yeah. someone in there that in that room that recognizes. Yes, I mean J.R. Smith is probably available. <laughs> my point is that, that, that uh, nobody in that room, unless you have champions in a room, uh, nobody in that room knows if something's going wrong with chemistry. Yeah. Nobody really understands when things are going wrong because they don't know what it takes to actually get there. So if you, I think for for all those teams, I feel like whether it's the uh, Sixers or the Bucks, like it takes. I think Kevin Durant uh, with with the Nets, like he's learned a lot from being with the Warriors. I think there's a guy in that room who knows he's been there. Like I think that Harden mm-hmm. joined that team because he he wants to be around a guy like Harvey Kyrie, who's who's you know who's been in that room, and so is Kevin. And so I feel like those guys are just obvious, especially with the addition of Blake Griffin. I think it's almost a moot point. I feel like they are going to be uh, the team, and and I think Marvin has a good point that the only other team is is the Heat because I feel like they have guys in that room everywhere that have been champions. I mean, from from Spolstra as a coach to Pat Riley, the leader, to to uh, to to Udonis Haslam, who's been around for yeah. all those championship teams and keeps the team in line. Uh, I feel like that team can grind and grind. Uh, if it peaks at the right time, they could challenge it. But I still think the Nets are just overwhelmingly like too talented. If they just can put it together just a little bit, it'll be the more interesting story will be if they can overcome the team that represents the West. Because I think that'll. So hold that perfect, perfect, perfect thought. And I do want to transition to that, Shintu. So I love that you went there, but I do just want to touch back to something that Marvin said because uh, you brought up the name Bradley Beal. And right now, we all know Beal is saying, I'm staying in Washington, knock on it. We all know the song and dance. But right now, Washington is sitting outside of the playoffs. You mentioned the Bucks, Marvin. I see a team, and I'm like, I, I again, we're going to laugh, but they're sitting at number five. If I'm the New York Knicks, and I'm having to compete for my city with the Brooklyn Nets, I am trying to work out a deal to bring bad Bradley Beal to New York. Hey, listen, we know it. We grew up there since the early 2000s. The Nets, even when they were in New Jersey, the Nets have kind of have, have run things. The Nets have been the better franchise. They've been the better program over the last 20 years. The Knicks have to do something. Uh, you know, especially with the move to Brooklyn now for Man, the Nets, we got, they're we got getting their the we got hit the asses handed to them the when it comes to bragging I rights. I can't so, accept. <laughs> I can't accept another okay. Nick mistake by bringing in Bradley Beal. I just can't accept it. Uh, I feel like I feel like bringing in Bradley Beal is like <laughs> like doing Carmelo Anthony all over again. 
But uh, I, I honestly do feel like Bradley Beal is is the best player on a really shitty team, uh, and so I don't know if he's if he can be a great player okay. on, on, a, on a really really great team. Uh, and I don't think that adding Brad, and I don't think Bradley Beal is a Tom Thibodeau guy. I don't think. He, but Tom Thibodeau will probably not even allow that. I think, and I, I really feel like whatever okay. they're going for identity-wise, Bradley Beal's not that guy. I think Bradley Beal is a Robin. But don't, yeah, but don't they have to do something to? Yeah, you don't just, have a, you know what I mean? Everybody else Batman. turns him down. They, they don't have, like they they have, don't have a marquee player. So, uh, Bradley Beal would be great with a young. He's yeah. great with any any yeah. great player. Yeah, great because with now oh. the pressure is not on Beal. He just got to go out there and hit buckets. And Giannis still does his thing, but he's. One thing about Bradley Bill, I think he'll show up mm-hmm. unlike Middleton does in big games. Bill will show up. Bill is a player that can get his own shot easily. That'd be, but going to New York and being the man in the number one market in the in the United States. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, I I do feel the Bucks would be the better fit for him. I just I just don't know if the I just feel like the Knicks would be that team it's, that would be it would like be, it would be you doing know, the same I mean, thing it's Dolan. You know, he's, he's gonna, like, you know, just like just when they might have something building on, on something and, and, and being patient, they just get a little antsy and go, all right, let's bring in that big, you know, it's the New York teams do that. The Mets are also similar in, in baseball. It's just, a, you know, just be patient. I think they're building something and they can add through through the draft. They can add mm-hmm. guys in free agency or trades that can really help them. But I feel like Bradley Beal is, is, is just a, he's a great player. And he can add something to a great to a good great team, but like Karen said, mm-hmm. I I think if he was thrown into into New York, I think he'd be eaten alive. I think that's what you found out about Mello, is that he couldn't handle that part of it either, uh, and he couldn't handle the scrutiny. So I feel like the yeah. Knicks have something building, and maybe someone will show up that can't handle the heat of New York. But right now, I don't think like trying to rush that by getting Bradley Beal will help. I know that that they're second fiddle to the Nets. That's just what they have to accept right now. Uh but I think if they try to if they try mm. to like compete with the Nets in town right yeah. now, uh they have the likelihood of like blowing up the team for another 5-6 years by doing some, making some dumb decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That That's fair enough. Fair enough. Um so let's jump back then to your point. Shouldn't do. Um, and I'm going to open this up to everybody uh, in the West. Who could it be, or who does it have to be to try to give the best matchup? So uh, I'm going to put some dirt on the throne of the Nets easily here. This team's really bad defensively. I, I mean, they're hard. Yeah, they if in the second half if mm. they don't play better, I mean, they are literally the second last. Only the Wizards are worse in East. They're really bad defensively, okay. And 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 Shintu and Marvin and Terrence yeah. all said like, "Hey, we need people in the room that have won before." Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni, they've got as many championships as I do, zero, okay. And then they got a lot of good vets yeah. on this on the staff, right? Jacques Vaughn, former Jayhawk, Diego Diego Splitter, Royal mm-hmm. Envy, Amari Stoudemire, another guy that never won anything. Like, th- there's a lot of not winners in the room. Jacques won. Yes. Kevin uh, Jacques, and Kyrie. Jacques won. Oh. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin and Kyrie sorry, have sorry, won, but they won being uh, cold <laughs> stars, right? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, right? Harden didn't get his team I, over I, the I, hump yeah. in the West. 
so the question is, is the East going to be easy or will they provide some kind of test prior to getting the Lakers, the Jazz, or whomever? Um, I don't know, man. This team's got to be way better defensively. But yes, can they score 120 points a night with, in their sleep? All they all can, right? They're so good. That The team is so good offensively, but they're going to have to man up and play some real defense. They're going to have to play that Shaq man defense. My thing with the Nets is, let's say that when they first go through some adversity mm-hmm. in the playoffs, whether it's in the East or in the finals, they make it. Well, if they don't make it, I guess they went through a lot of adversity. <laughs> but if they, <laughs> if they, if they, if they, when they get to the playoffs and they lose the first game, you know, you come out right. and you lose the first game. What happens? Do, do Kyrie go into a does he become a head case and mm-hmm. start saying, you know, I should have took the last shot, or is he? Does he still play like he does now as a team, a team player now, and let Harden and, and Durant do their thing when they're on the court together, or do you know, or do he fold up and become a headache again? And now the team starts behind the scenes, you know, losing that, losing their togetherness, and then now they're in a dog fight against, you know, Miami Heat, you know, a team that's that's tough, like Shinto said earlier. The Miami Heat's gonna bring it to you. They're gonna beat you up. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna muddy it up. They're gonna make you play ugly. Can can the Nets play like that? And that and that's yet to, you know, we haven't seen that yet this year. Yeah, they're gonna yeah, try to put them in position. That staff is gonna try to outsmart yeah, them. Blake Griffin is not gonna be that like, you know, I think he's gonna be a transformed, different kind of player because he has to take on a different role. Like there's, he, he can't have set up. He's not going to be setting up yeah. on the block, waiting for uh, isolation. You know, uh, play for himself. He's not going to get plays. He's going to be. He's going to. You're going to see a rebounder. You're going to see a guy who's mm-hmm. probably de- mm-hmm. defensively more more locked in because he's not mm-hmm. putting all that effort in offensively. Uh, you're going to see that guy doing dirty work. Like it's going to be him and DeAndre Jordan doing because there's just not enough shots to go around between the three top guys are going to take all the shots. You got Joe Harris taking, he's when those guys are, when he's open, but you're not getting shots to, you're not making plays for Blake Griffin. You're not making plays for DeAndre Jordan. So I think there is going to be a defensive uptick a little bit. Uh, I would hope, even though I agree with uh, Rick that uh, the guys on the, on the bench don't, don't inspire any confidence in terms of toughness and defense and, and, and those kind of things in championships. Uh, but I would hope they, they see what we are everyone from the outside sees which is that like yeah you got really big guys who could play defense if you let them know that there is no offense for them like there's just clean up and defense man like if you want to win a championship get it together like you're not the Blake Griffin the Clippers or since you are on a team that you're a role player man and you're going to do that role playing and I think he signed on from the minimum of course that's what, he, yes. that's what he's doing that's what he's doing he knows what he's he knows what he's there for right. um, and mm-hmm. so my 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 feeling is the Nets will have enough uh, with the fact that they can score 125, 30 points a night any given night. Uh, I think they'll have enough. Uh, they'll have they'll be pushed, but I just don't see anyone in the East uh, beating them. Yeah. Nope. Does anybody think it has to be nope, the Lakers in the West? I would like to nope. see. I think, think, I, I think, think any top the teams Clippers in the West, Utah, the somebody of that nature could do a it. problem because these teams are going to be battle tested. And they, like the Utah Jazz, if they get to the finals, the Jazz present a problem because they have, like I said, no, no, I nobody did watch. To, to, no superstars. There's five guys who just play mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah, I, I did. I guess to Rick's point, 
Uh, obviously, a vested interest. I did watch uh, a couple days ago, weeks ago now, maybe uh, a Denver Brooklyn game, and you know it was in the 120s, and Denver won. And I was just like, okay, so nobody played any defense in this game. Um, which again, I know is the way the league is going, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because again, they're they're not they're not a good defensive team, but I just I just feel like they have so much. They just have so much. He changes the game. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. But that's the other that's the other thing too. I mean, though they you know, they have so many weapons right now that one guy granted when I say this, KD is a huge huge factor in, in how far this team goes. But, you know, right now in the regular season, one guy goes down, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, they, they're still finding they still have enough talent to win games. Um obviously the top four teams to in the West championship run, win they're all gonna have to be healthy. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. on paper the Clippers, on paper the Clippers with yeah. two elite small forwards should be a headache for, for the next. Yeah, that's, that's a good matchup. For <laughs> that's a horrible. I mean, because they got two six ten dudes that can mm-hmm. that can defend and they can get yeah. the shot off against Harden and Irving. You know, they're not the best defenders out there, so you're not really worried about Harden shutting you down or Kyrie mm-hmm. playing any defense. But KD can de- defend when he wants to, but he can't guard all. He can't guard both of those guys. <laughs> I mean, so on paper the Clippers are tough, but but right. unfortunately it's not one on paper. Yeah. I see Marvin had an ESPN blackout when Jordan with Harden stopped uh, Kawhi on that flop, huh? Oh my lord! <laughs> like Harden is two hundred and two forty, two forty on a bad day. No way you can push him out the way like that. Should have been fine for that, man. <laughs> but, but on paper, the Clippers are, are good. But I think the I think I, I, mean, I like the Jazz team. I just don't. I just think. I don't know what their ceiling is. Maybe their plan they're ceiling out. So when the playoffs start, is this the highest they can get? And so when you know playoffs start, teams get ratcheted up. I think the Jazz were like the Bucks last year. You just you can't go any higher than what you are. Yes. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. I would like to see uh, Denver in the finals. I think that'd be an exciting finals. I mean, I would love to see Denver in the finals, but the way they're playing this year, they look like no, shit well, so far. So they, need to, <laughs> they need to, they need to they definitely, you know, and again, I, I believe, I believe last year they, they played above, well, at least my expectations, they played above expectations. So I think this is a little bit more of truly who they are, what we're seeing this season. And yeah. it's early still, I, you know, uh, Hey, I, I mean, you know, Joe Kitch is having. He's, there's another guy that's having, you know, an MVP uh, caliber has, has season. Found Michael uh, Porter Jr. Pretty much, he back Mr. Double what? Double. Yeah, yeah, I think he's been playing hot lately. Has he not been hot? Uh, <laughs> this cat has zero points one game. I was watching. Like, my Lord. I mean, you like, know, when NBA, you come from Missouri, player, you can only you expect zero so points much in the NBA game. You just so. not, you just not, just not engaged. Like they're not defending you, man. Um, oh yeah, I mean, once they get Michael Porter Jr. to join the team, I think right they'll, now, they'll so. um, that'll elevate them in the second half of the season. <laughs> um, go ahead, guys. Before we get out of here, I want everybody uh, and, and you guys can draw straws as to who's going to go first. But uh, give me something that everybody is looking forward to see unfold in the second half of the season. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that was. That was <laughs> I want to see what Shinsu said. Blake <laughs> sacrifices game, right? Like Harden did, and so will Blake do the same thing? We've got to see that, right? If we see him 
you know, jumping for loose balls and rebounding the defending bigs and really just catching lobs and not doing a lot of ISO, then we know they're really dangerous than that. Mm-hmm. I would say what team mm-hmm. in the East is going to make a move to combat what the Nets have done so far this year? If, if, they, if, if they stay status quo, they're just giving the Nets the, the East mm-hmm. and just saying they're working. That's a fair point. Somebody has to get a Philly has to get another shooter. Maybe they get JJ Redick back. Or uh, you know Miami needs another, probably another big. Or you know they need something out there to, to combat uh, what the Nets are doing. The Bucks are out of it, so the Bucks. Might <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say I want to see what the Bucks do <laughs> as far as bringing somebody in, but <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do want to see the evolution of that team, and hopefully, uh, the the front office is like, "Hey, we need to make moves now." But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I feel like the teams that have the champions in the room are only like five teams. We've got only only a few champions over the last you know ten fifteen years. So I feel like those locker rooms have an advantage over everyone else. They have culture. They have something that they can they can really trust. Uh, and follow a uh, pathway to the championship. And I guess the Warriors are a year away, uh, so they're kind of a little out of it uh, to me. And uh, the Heat are a long shot, though I wouldn't like put anything past the Heat. Uh, they're, they're, they're an under- underdog kind of contender. Uh, but outside of that, you got the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nets. There's no, those are the champions in the room. Like there's, you look around on other teams, the Spurs, yeah, they're led by Popovich and they, but that's not, you know, they're not going to, they're not going and they're not a, a team that could contend right now. Uh, but outside of that, there's no champions anywhere uh, in any of those locker rooms of the teams we talked about. The Bucks and the, uh, the, the, the Clips are led by Doc, but, you know, Doc won one championship and there was a lot of fire in that championship for, for Kevin Garnett. Like he, get, he should get a lot more credit for the, the leadership of the, for that team. Um, you know, I think Doc has yet to prove that without a transcendent leader like Kevin Garnett, uh, he can win. Do the, does he have a Kevin Garnett type in that locker room in, in Philly? No. So um, I feel like uh, in that sense, the teams that have the champions yeah. in the room will will have the advantage. And I think it's going to come out of those those teams, those four teams, the Nets, the Heat, the Lakers and the Clippers. I just don't see uh, the Warriors, like I said, are a year away. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs are nowhere near, uh, but that's it. There's everywhere else is a bunch of guys who don't even know if things are going wrong because they don't know what what it took to get there. I think uh, you you brought up something there with the Warriors, shouldn't you? And uh, aside from my vested interest in Denver, um, that for me, that's I just want to see how it plays out for the Warriors. I'm not saying that the Warriors are going to do anything. I, I just want to see that right now they're sitting at number nine, um, right outside the playoffs. I guess there's a playoff game, playing game this year or whatever. They'd be, but right now they're sitting at number nine. But Steph is just Steph is playing motivated this year. So I had a great first half. Uh, I think he sees an opportunity here where he can silence some critics um, who have, you know, always said, oh, it's either, you know, Durant or Clay or whatever. You know, Steph is Steph is showing that he's still got some gas left in the tank. Um, and again, I just I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting team. Um, 
I think there's going to be development there. Again, never the optimist, but I think there's going to be development there with Wiggins and Oubre. And I'm just curious to see how far they could, if, well, if they're they not can. Even they trying, may, maybe right, they'll stay at number so nine. That's, that's, I'm that's curious to see if they move up in the West trying. at all. They, they, um, by the time we get to April. that he's not going to yep. change minutes for anybody. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're they're not. Yeah. They're not doing that this year. They've already learned from from 73 and nine. You know, they learned. They learned when they when you try to yep. push for something. Um, you run out of gas, yep. and that's what they did at seventy-three and nine. I think they're learning that, like, they want playback, they want to be prepped for mm-hmm. for that run. Then, uh, I just don't think they're gonna. Uh, if if the Warriors make it to the Western yeah. Conference Finals or some crap like that, I feel like it's detrimental to them. I feel like it's detrimental to. Them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they'll make it that far. I'm just curious to see if they can be, let's just say, a thorn in somebody's side. If they were, you know, what I'm saying, like, if, if, uh, how far they can, if they can move up in the West, how far they can move up, and if, the, you know, obviously they'll probably be yeah. in the, the, the the lower half of the playoffs. If they're a thorn mm-hmm. to an upper seed, yeah. possibly, it's just, you know, interesting. I'm just. So you're telling me next year, Dwight Draymond is going to score in double digits? Is that next? <laughs> I, well, gentlemen, that's what I do. I, I wait till next year. Is that what I'm yeah. doing? Uh, I didn't say, oh, I didn't oh, say okay. that. I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say anything about Draymond's score. I mean, he's got his, he's, I mean, come on. He's busy with his steak <laughs> Subway sandwich. Um, <laughs> but, uh, gentlemen, as always, it's, it's been a blast. Um, I love having you guys on. I love having you on all oh, together. So, uh, hey, thanks for having us on. It's been a blast, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right, guys? Bye. Yeah, thanks. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. I want to thank Shindu, Marvin, Ricardo, and Terrence for joining us this week and breaking down all of that NBA action with the All-Star Game and looking forward to the second half of the season. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode. A couple things before we get out of here, a couple newsworthy notes that I wanted to touch on. Didn't necessarily have a chance to get to talk about them in this week's episode, but definitely wanted to touch with them before we got out of here. Uh, Number one, uh, this past week, March 9th, was 24 years ago since uh, Biggie Biggie Smalls was murdered. Uh, The notorious B.I.G., the the well-known rapper, uh, 24 years ago, uh, lost his life. Crazy. Crazy how time flies. Uh, 24 years ago, on March 9th this past week, Biggie Smalls passed away. Uh, Also, uh, a little bit of news out of the University of Kansas. uh, Les Miles out as football coach and Jeff Long out as athletic director. Now, I might talk about this more on next week's show. Um, I haven't quite decided yet, but I, I may I may expound on this a little bit in, in next week's show. Um, I'm not surprised with the Les Miles firing, um, and I'm actually kind of happy about the Jeff Long firing, to, to be honest. Not that I want to see anybody lose their job, but uh, here's why in a nutshell. And again, like I said, I may or may not talk about this more on next week's show. Um, as far as Les Miles goes, um, I lost confidence in him before I even knew this story. Uh I, I did not like the way he handled the football team during the pandemic. I didn't like the way he made the players feel. He said things that sort of pressured them, in my opinion, uh, to have to play. Uh, and I didn't like that. I felt that they should have had the freedom to choose whether they wanted to play or not based on their safety. I felt Les Miles kind of pressured the players uh, unfairly from my vantage point. So much so that I even reached out to athletic director Jeff Long because, again, 
this is my university i'm alumni i have a say um i reached out to jeff long and i voiced my displeasure with how the football program was being run this season and how i didn't necessarily think we were putting the kids first and at the end of the day that's what was most important that we are a family and the health and safety of these kids were at the forefront at least in my opinion should be at the forefront obviously i never heard back from jeff long no shock there um but i i feel that if you're going to fire less miles rightfully so again um listen everybody makes mistakes less apparently made mistakes um for those who don't know uh, apparently he you know was trying to have an affair or, or making inappropriate passes at, at certain um students while at lsu less miles a former lsu football coach won a national championship there uh, so there was some inappropriate behavior at lsu uh the reason why i think jeff long also had to go as athletic director at kansas because he made the hire not because he didn't respond to my email but more so because i feel that even before this report came out somebody had to know this somebody at lsu had to know it somebody somewhere had to know that this story was there and could possibly have been a reason why aside from the record and performance and everything else that les miles was sort of abruptly let go at lsu so then that points to me that jeff long and his team at the university of kansas did not properly vet out les miles and that's where i think you circle back to and say you know what is on you because this was your guy and you didn't do the proper research and you didn't make sure that you were bringing in the type of person that we wanted to represent our university um, jeff long has made some other missteps along the way as athletic director again i'm not going to pile on him um, but i understand why he was relieved of his duties uh, this past week and uh, I, I think and i hope that uh, ku will do a good job in searching and finding a new athletic director. Hey, Jonah's gonna come say hello, apparently. Wanna say hi? Okay, buddy. Daddy, daddy's, daddy's What's gonna... up? <laughs> what up? What up? <laughs> Alright, Daddy's gonna finish up wrapping up the show, okay? I wanna hear it, though. So I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Alright. Um, yeah, so, again, like I said, I may or may not expound on the Jeff Long story next week. We'll, we'll see. Um, also, before I get out of here, uh, I didn't get to talk about it last week. That's why I definitely want to touch on it this week. Uh, a big congratulations to uh, Bobby Lashley, the new WWE uh, heavyweight champion, um, sports entertainer, professional wrestler. Bobby Lashley, uh, been in the business about 20 years now. Uh, from day one, when he walked into WWE, I said, that guy's got champion written all over him. Uh, it took a long time for Bobby to finally get a heavyweight championship around his waist and it's important for a couple reasons uh, number one Bobby's been a great performer um, he was an awesome collegiate wrestler in the Air Force um, he held championships he held the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship several times while in the WWE uh, he's had an MMA career he's got the TNA impact held the world championship there several times and then about two or two or three years ago now he made his return to WWE um, and let me tell you, Bobby's just a guy who comes to work every day and does his job. Last year, Bobby was, at this time last year, 
when the pandemic broke out, Bobby was in a dead-end angle that featured Lana and Rusev that was just getting panned. And it was, uh, we'll say, it was a, a misuse of Bobby and his talents. But Bobby just did his job every day. Bobby played out the angle. Bobby came in. Bobby did his thing. Um, from there, Bobby Lashley hooked up with MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, they formed the Hurt Business, and it was like strapping a rocket onto Bobby, and he has been an amazing star this past year for WWE, uh, and his title win uh, two weeks ago over The Miz to become the new WWE Heavyweight Championship is important and significant because, as crazy as this sounds, Bobby Lashley is only the third African-American in the history of the WWF, WWE, to hold the Heavyweight Championship. The first was The Rock, second Kofi Kingston and now Bobby Lashley and I know some people will say well wait Mark Henry Booker T were the world champion there's a distinction between the world championship which is the former WCW heavyweight championship which came over to the WWE when they purchased WCW um, and the actual WWE heavyweight championship there's a distinction between those two titles the WWE heavyweight championship is the original WWF WWE Championship. Um, at one point, the WWE Heavyweight Championship and the WCW Championship became unified. Um, but nevertheless, Bobby Lashley, the third African American to hold the WWE Heavyweight Championship. So great job for Bobby, and I'm happy to see his success. And I look forward to seeing what he does at WrestleMania. All right, I know I've said a lot, so I'm going to get out of here. Uh, remember, tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes. Stay positive, test negative, do what you know is right, regardless of the choices others make. Say I love you, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, don't count the days, make the days count. Remember to look down the side streets because that's where the best stories are. And when you come to the fork in the road, don't forget to take it. Peace out.